Welcome back, everybody. It's the Jan Arden Podcast. I just oh. wanted to redo the jingle. Um, listen, folks, I know our audio doesn't always sound the greatest, but I want you to know that in the future, we are upgrading. I'm going on to like good mics. So now the crisis is over. We've all been using our headset mics. And, but now we are ready to move on with technology. So thanks for listening. Thanks for staying with us. We've got a great show today. Caitlin Green is here. Adam Karsh is still in his basement with his children coming and going. Caitlin looks like she's in bed today. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Good, Caitlin. You look so good. Did you have a nice week or what's going on? I had a great week. Um, I think the summertime has really turned my mentality around I, for probably uh, almost everybody. Um, Canada in the summer, especially Toronto in the summer, is such a different city. It puts me in such a better mood. I all of a sudden get a bit of sun. I don't look like a total vampire, which is my normal coloration. So yeah, no, it's I'm, I love summer so much. I'm just thrilled about it. There's only like eight weeks of it, though, in this country. <laughs> Your eyebrows look amazing. We're, we're, we're what, we oh. can see each other on Zoom, which really helps to time our conversations out. Sometimes when you're just doing audio on the phone, you're stepping on people. But Caitlin looks really good. She's in a sweatshirt. She has her glasses yep. on. She has head, yep. head, headphones on. But your brows are on fleek, as they say, as the kids say. Oh, I did actually fill them in today, which is funny. I think I woke up and felt a little bit like, I should put some effort in. And so, oh, people notice. <laughs> I did. Well, I noticed. I don't know if Adam noticed. Um, oh, I noticed. That was the first yeah. thing uh, I thought when, when we all joined the Zoom meeting. So I, I know this happened like practically two weeks ago, but um, the pub's opening up in England. I'm still like marveling at the, uh, I don't know. It, the pictures look so scary. Am I just a wimp? Like, am I a COVID wimp? <laughs> Am I, am I a scaredy cat? Am I, are all my cautionary things just to be thrown out the window? Like it looked weird to me. It did look weird to me. The, the, I think it was like Soho district in London is packed. The streets are jammed. Like everyone is out and they seem obviously very happy. And a few weeks ago on the show, we talked about that story of that Toronto bar that held the uh, illegal, you know, gathering indoors and they wound up having their liquor license revoked. That was the follow up. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's still very much the vibe here. Like it's different everywhere, but I know pub culture in the UK is religion level strong and they almost value, it seems like alcohol as much as oxygen. So I, I, it wasn't like altogether surprised, but I'm with you, Janet freaked me out, like fully freaked me out. Well, just, you're looking at, you know, at least I'm going to say two, 3000 people in the shot that I saw, like I didn't obviously take my pointer and count every head, but um, it looked like an exceptional amount of people, very close proximity. Uh, there was a couple of people that zoomed in and then they would post like the zoomed in images of six guys at a table, but they're obviously having a heated argument and talking really close. And I, I was thinking about the moist speaking and, you know, having these conversations, you're slugging back the beer, you're eating nuts, and now you're talking and arguing or talking about Boris Johnson or whatever you talk about in the UK or how good the beer is, and you're spiffing on people, um, which is the main way that you contract COVID is through moist particles floating through the air. Anyway, I, I, I wish them all well. I hope the numbers don't climb up. I know the UK... London in particular has had such a time. They were doing eight, 900 deaths at one point a day. 
and they're still they still have a high death rate there. Anyhow, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, I- it's the conversation about you know are we out of the woods? How out of the woods are we? Is going to be an ongoing thing, and I think that people are understandably really nervous about going back to any semblance of normal life, let alone getting together and you know engaging in some revelry with large drunken crowds. Um, so yeah, I mean, I. I get it. It's, it's personal in a way. I just think everyone has to be cautious of, um, of public health recommendations. So they're there for a reason. And here in Canada, we've done knock on wood as I'm a superstitious person, but we've done a pretty good job. And the reason we're at the nice comfy place that we're at is because of all those measures. It's not in spite of them. It's not anyways. It happened because we did a good job of following the rules. Well, like anything, I mean, this is a great sports analogy too. You can't just rest after you've scored one goal. Like the team, you, you got to get out there and like finish it up. So I, and I think most people are like, my friends are ultra cautious. And um, my, one of my friends, her daughter had her 23rd birthday. And I was like, so freaked out about this. I, I, I have to keep going back on like, am I a COVID wimp? She had 11 people in her house. You're allowed 15 here. Um, 23 year old something. So there, there was three full grown adults in their fifties. And then there was eight 20 somethings. And she said, they're all good kids. And they're all, you know, really being mindful and stuff like that. But I was just like, Lisa, never mind that. I, I don't know. I just don't know. It's, it's personal. And we always have these stories about people who, um, you know, the super spreading situations. And again, and it's, it's, if you're following public health guidelines and you're doing the right thing, she is, then, oh my gosh, she totally yeah. is. And that's the thing. So then you're kind of like, you know, then it just becomes a personal choice of how comfortable you are. I mean, I have friends where they still, we, they haven't seen anybody other than their, you know, maybe their direct parents who are helping them with childcare since lockdown, they're very uncomfortable with it. They won't do anything more than like air high fives and hanging out on their front porch for like maybe two hours. It gives them a lot of anxiety to go beyond that, even though they could go further, even though they could bubble with, they could socially see 10 people in Ontario. They could do, they could do more than they're doing. And so it's like, I I appreciate why everyone has their different scale of comfort. Uh, And, you know, the morning show that I work on, we have a lot of listeners who text in and let us know what's going on in their lives. And this week we had a few who said, I'm just going back into the office for the first time. It's so nice listening to you guys on the way in because I'm very, very anxious. And this is a, a normal part of my routine to listen to the show on the way in. And But I, I have got to say, I'm nervous about going back into the office today. I couldn't sleep last night. And I think people are understandably worried about you know getting back to quote unquote normal. Well, I think kindness is, yeah, people talk a lot about kindness, but I think that is important. And what Lisa said to me too, and, and she's such a, I really admire her. She inspires me all the time with her sensibility. I look to her a lot. She is uh, the head of HR for a small town here in Southern Alberta. So she's, she's got, she's really in the know of what's happening out there. But anyway, she just said, you know, kindness, everyone's at a different level. And I think that's what we're really seeing going forward. Everyone is at a different comfort level. And I don't think you can admonish anybody if they're not wearing a mask on their construction job or if they're not, you know, you, you just have to respect that. If it's not like completely outrageous behavior, and I do, like my friend is flying to see her son. She's divorced and she she's going to the Maritimes. End of July, she has a, a, a flight and she says, I'm going to wear a mask and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can to, 
to stay calm and wipe my seat down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I want to, I want to support her and encourage her. I don't want to say, God, are you crazy doing that? Are you, but what are you thinking? I don't think that's the way to go forward. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, like if the government has allowed, if you're doing things to the the letter of kind of what's allowed and what health officials are, are saying is okay, then that, then you're playing by the rules and it's then just up to personal risk. Like how comfortable are you with the personal risk? It would be hard for me to imagine enjoying getting on a flight personally, but I have friends where, you know, they had family situations and they said, you know what, I got to go visit this family member. And so they, they got on a flight and they wore a mask and they were, you know, probably bubble wrapped and, and went to Vancouver or wherever the case was and socially distanced visits happened. And yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, um, it's very, those types of things are very personal. Then you hear the rule, then you hear the stories about that, like U.S. couple that crossed over from Minnesota into uh, Ontario about four hours outside of Winnipeg. And they were just going all around town in, uh, I think it was Fort Francis. <laughs> and they were supposed to go right to like, do not stop, go, do, like, do not pass, go, do not collect $200. They were supposed to just go right to their destination and go into lockdown for 14 days. And they're like stopping at Tim Hortons. Who knows what the heck they were doing? So they wound up getting fined $1,000 each. But a lot of Canadians felt like, was that really enough? Because they had clearly broken a rule. It wasn't like it was up to them to decide how this was going to work. It wasn't about their comfort with risk. It was a, a clear rule that border services let them know and they broke it and they were fined a thousand dollars. That's like 750 bucks us. And frankly, as I always say, if you can afford to pay a fine, it's essentially legal. I like how you did the, uh, the difference in money and in Canadian, that's hardly anything for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And wouldn't, wouldn't lots of Americans pay 750 bucks just to get the heck out of there right now? <laughs> I know I would ah. for the most part. And I'm not going to rag on the media because God knows the media has been very good to me over the last three decades and they've been somewhat malicious to me. I mean, it is what it is. And, and it's very based on the individual writing the piece, but I think the, the story in the U.S., it, it does paint a, quite a bleak picture from what we're looking at. But I, and Adam was talking about this a little while ago too, you know, you got friends down there and I'm sure you've got friends down there. And yeah. for the most part, I think they are, there's, most people are trying because if most people weren't trying, they would see numbers literally in the millions by millions. There's a lot of good people. Like I know here, for every, you know, Dorcas out there, there is <laughs> millions of people really adhering. They're being terribly kind to each other, seeing people help each other with food supply, with making sure kids have meals. And for me, I've been really inspired by, instead of that apocalyptic uh, thing where it's every man for himself, there might have been a moment of that, of that fear. But when it sort of subsided after a week or so, when people realized they were going to have food in their fridge... Um, it was, it was really amazing to watch communities come together and it still continues that way. Like I get teary eyed when I see these curbside pickups of cupcakes and, and the way people have delivered food and the way people have just come, come up with such interesting, um, uh, is that your husband? Yeah. He's so cute. Tell him, <laughs> tell, him, tell him we want him on the podcast. He's trying to fix our internet right now. Oh, God, love him. See, I wish I had a husband. But anyway, there, for every kind of crappy story, I guess my point is, is, boy, there's been some inspiring, unbelievably gratifying stories. Like just 
the, the dog shelters, the pet shelters that have been cleaned out. Anyway, we're going to be back. We've got a great show for you today. Don't go away. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. Later in the show, we have Irish comedian. He's so hilarious. He's such an interesting man. Podcaster. He's a writer. He has been on many, many. He's been involved in so many talent shows over there. He's He's guest starred on so many Irish shows. His name is Caroid Fairley. And I'm going to ask him to pronounce his name for me to make sure that I'm not screwing it up. But uh, he's going to join us. But first of all, before he gets here, uh, we need to address the Kanye West running for president situation. Maybe, do you have more information? Like, I don't understand what it means, Caitlin. He, he's not running in this election because that would mean he's going, what, as an independent or he's going after the leadership of the... Republican Party against Trump? What does this mean? Honestly, I just think it means he has an album coming, frankly. Okay. <laughs> because, but he did so, this was a, about a week ago, over a week ago, he tweets that he's going to run for president uh, in 2020. So yes, he was very much uh, setting his sights on this election cycle. I presume he's running as an independent. He hasn't even submitted paperwork in, I think it's like 13 states he would have missed the filing deadline for already. So it's clearly not that real of a situation. I think he is trying to promote something, whether it's an album or a shoe line, who the heck knows. But it's interesting because right after he said it, then, you know, Elon Musk chimes in, no surprise there either. It's like, oh, you have my full support. So it's like, oh, perfect. Two people who should be running the country in the middle of a viral pandemic, which is posing a massive public health risk and a looming financial crisis. Well, not even looming, we're in it. So. I thought Elon Musk was a bit smarter than that. What, is, what does that even mean? I mean, it does not take much to realize that Kanye's unhinged. He's not well. He's not a well person. I don't think he's a particularly um, even-keeled person, steady, stable person. So there seems to be this thing happening, not just in the States either. We can't point fingers just at them. There's a lot of these, a lot of people running for office that have no experience. I remember being a kid thinking to myself, my gosh, if you ever want to be prime minister, you have to be a lawyer. You have to be bilingual. You have to have like a university business degree. Like you have to have a lot of credentials to run. And we've seen now, not just in the United States, but globally, you know, people that have, you know, if you're looking at the Eastern Bloc, you know, in, in the UK, a lot of the, the leaders really in the last 20, 30 years have not had any practical experience. You know, they were construction people and, you know, just laborers. So I don't know if it's a trend or I don't know if it's just how disenchanted human beings are with politicians. So they want like a non-politician, which opens up a whole other can of worms. Yeah, I think that the the Kanye thing just seems so perfectly U.S. 2020. I mean, that announcement came out. And then I saw, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but someone started, they put together a joke uh, campaign for Tom Cruise. But it was kind of well done, like the video announcing that he would be running for, for president as well in 2020. And people actually believed it because that's the state of affairs for, for politics right now. Is that, you know, if you're a celebrity and you have some notoriety and your household name then maybe people will vote for you. So why not just hop on the ballot? And fortunately, Tom Cruise is not running for president that I'm presently aware of. But <laughs> the Kanye thing is like, it, uh, I just, it's like not now, Kanye. I mean, really not ever, but, but specifically really not now. 
And I think if he comes out with an album sometime soon or he announces that he has an album coming out sometime soon, I will. Then, then we'll know. I will not be surprised. Well, you know, it's always baffled me that Rick Mercer hasn't run for a political office here in Canada. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's such a great, he's been such a great sounding board and he's been such a voice for, I mean, every politician dreads <laughs> Rick, you know, going after them, but he's so smart. Like Rick really is such a smart guy. He's so savvy to what's going on. He knows how it works. I don't think when Trump even got in that he actually knew what the Senate was or what the House of Representatives was, or what a governor did. Even to this day when he speaks, he doesn't really seem to have an understanding of who the leaders are, how the parties work, how, how the, the, um, the, the court system works, like how the, I don't know. It's just like he throws stuff out there and it's always wrong. I love every time he gives a speech, you immediately have an op-ed from somebody going, here's the 25 things that he lied about or that he got wrong. Oh, it's like Daniel Dale, who used to be a writer, the journalist for the Toronto Star, who then essentially made a, a transition to the U.S. And his his whole career was just honestly trying to monitor the amount of uh, false information that was constantly being spewed by Donald Trump and maybe some of it with intent and then maybe some of it just because he honestly didn't know and you're responsible for so much public speaking that if you're uninformed, you're eventually going to start saying stuff that that isn't true. Um, and uh, yeah, that's why it was just this, uh, it's curious to see why anybody who doesn't really have an interest in working that much and, and oh. working around the clock, why you, like, he'd rather be on a golf course. So I just always wonder, like, why are you even, I mean, I know why he's doing this. He's just obsessed with winning the concept of winning versus losing and making money and it's good for his brand, blah, blah, blah. But, um, it's the, the amount of work you're doing. Whew, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm always... I'm always mortified when I get like a fact wrong on this show. Like Same. I'm always mortified. You know, I've gone back to Adam after we've wrapped up the recording and I said, Adam, I, I was wrong about who wrote that poem. Like literally. Yeah. And it wasn't 1860. It was actually <laughs> written last week. And I just, so, I mean, imagine him going back and correcting something like that. But anyway, I won't, I won't dwell on that. It's, um, it just is, it's, it's been so interesting. I don't know if COVID was the catalyst to so much change. I mean, we, we've watched all these statues coming down, not just in the States. Once again, the conversation has been open, opened up here in Canada about, you know, men, politi politicians that are on our five ten dollar bills that were not particularly the greatest citizens and people are rethinking, do we even want them to, do we want that statue up in Toronto? Do we want that statue in Vancouver? Um, so it's opened this dialogue of people really looking at the past and wanting to correct whatever has brought us to this point today, aside from COVID. Yeah, I, I mean, I know there's like a couple streets that are up for renaming in Toronto and they're trying to sort of like bring about some some positive change and you try to find the silver lining in any sort of weird time and say okay well maybe if this is going to force a whole bunch of change on us really really fast and while we're trying to hit the ground running here why don't we revisit a few things that maybe made a bunch of people feel like crap <laughs> well anyway it's uh it's interesting times and uh, when we come back we're going to talk about the interesting times with Carrie Fairley who is a very, very funny, hilarious comedian. He lives in Ireland, and I can't wait to pick his brain about 
the pubs. Maybe he's got something to say about that. And uh, a bake-off that he's been doing on Instagram for the last few months. Don't go away. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm going to be right back with Caroid Fairley. My special guest. This is our first international person that we've had on this podcast. We've just been dealing with Canadians and maybe a part-time American. But uh, Garoid Fairley, it, am I saying your name right? 100%. 100%. Cuz we were debating before you got here. Um is uh, an amazing comedian and he's done so many things and I'm not going to sit here and list off all his Wikipedia accomplishments but uh just travels all over the place. When I said, Garrett, is there one thing that I should, you know, just happen to mention when I introduce you? And he goes, oh, you can, you know, mention Joan Rivers. And I have to mention Joan Rivers <laughs> because you opened up some Irish shows and I still miss Joan Rivers. I still think about her. I know. She was, she, you kind of forget that she was the foremother of all of this. Like she, she was doing it before women were getting were anywhere near comedy. Um, and she was still at the top of her game um, when, you know, when she passed away. I actually, it was interesting because I supported her in Dublin for a night. And then a week later, I did a show with her in Brighton. Didn't and, you guys drive? Yeah, we were on a bus together. <laughs> Jesus. It was quite an experience to be on a bus with Joan Rivers. Yeah, she was so cool. And in, in that Brighton show, there was a new 40 minutes in the show. Like she was turning over stuff that quick. Yeah, it was really impressive. Um, yeah, she was cool. Very cool lady. I have been on your podcast. You also have a really wonderful podcast. And you've had some cool guests. Like one of my very favorite bands probably of the last 25 years was Wilson Phillips. Oh, yeah. And... Um, and I mean, you've talked to a lot of people, but your podcast is great. Um, mm. it, it, has that been fun for you to kind of be on the other side? Like, obviously as a comedian, you're so used to people kind of heckling you and going after you. And this podcast has been just a great opportunity to go after other people and sort of pick their brains and figure out what makes them go. I think it's, I just think you're such a great interviewer. I don't even know if you realize that. Oh, wow. Thanks very much. Well, I mean, I, I've been kind of a bit savvy with that in that when I started doing stand-up, you end up having to do a lot of things that you're not particularly good at. Like, so I did a lot of television, you know, which I was kind of, <laughs> some of this is good and <laughs> some of this is not good. Yeah. Um, and I remember my agent saying, well, what do you want to do next? And I had this idea for a TV show where I met people that I was a really big fan of because um, I thought that would be good. Uh, and then it took so long that I just started to make it as a podcast. Uh, and it just worked. So I just basically contacted all of the people that I spent my youth uh, listening to their records and their music and, uh, and just seeing if they were up for a chat. And most of them were, which was great. Uh, including you, which was just such a thrill. <laughs> no, I, I had, a, it's, it's one of the, probably the best chats I've had in the last 10 years. For one thing, you were so freaking prepared that it kind of blew my mind. I felt like I was talking to somebody that had, and this Jen Arden is your life. <laughs> like some of the stuff you, you brought up. Um, do you think it's been hard being funny during the last four or five months? I know where you guys are is not near as bad as what, 
the UK has been going through. Like the, I, I, no, I'm probably getting that wrong. You are part of the UK, are you not? No. No, no, we're not. We're no. not part of the UK. Okay, no, there no. you go. Yeah. Now yeah. you can see how dumb I am. You've been, you've been canceled. <laughs> yeah, I've been canceled. So the, you guys have done really well there um, in yeah. Ireland for the most part. Yeah, we've done really well. I think uh, one of the reasons I think we did so well was we were having a change of government. So we had an election just before this happened but the government couldn't change. So the new government, uh, they would have been cautious about spending the money for the supports that we need. The old government were leaving. They could do whatever the hell they wanted. They weren't in power anymore. So yeah. they literally threw all of the supports at everyone and they locked us down for uh, you know, a month or five weeks, whatever it was. And now, and things are really good. Like things are starting to come back. Now the arts is the only thing that's, you know, we're, we're all screwed. I'm going to be a postman, Jam. I've accepted it. Well, I'll, I'll do your route with you because people like you and I that are reliant on an audience suddenly yeah. within a few hours found ourselves wiping everything off our calendars. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't even think I'll be working live until April of next year. They're kind of thinking. I mean, it could be sooner, but I don't know. Uh, I think Canada is in about the same state as, as Ireland is right now. We've done quite well. The government's been great about, you know, throwing some money at some social programs. But the arts, I, I don't think the funding is a lot for us. Like, I don't no. think they're going to, yeah. And I, I think when they say arts as well, they mean plays, yeah. <laughs> you know, and theater and plays. Should we write a play? <laughs> I think we need to. I think that's what needs to happen <laughs> because that ain't, that ain't going to trickle down to comics. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been strange because obviously my tour was supposed to start in April in Ireland. So I just literally just watched those dates fall and then, you know, uh. you're fine, oh, we're going to go next month. We go next month. So, but, but I mean, I'm realistic. They, I have dates in for <sighs> September, October, but it's, go, it's going to be next year. So, um, yeah, I think it's just about, I, like, I'm so envious of musicians because you can write songs and stuff, you know, you can record. Whereas I was talking to some other comics and we were just talking about how bad we're all going to be when this starts <laughs> up. Because <laughs> we literally haven't, we haven't touched it for six months. Like, we won't know where to start when we walk on stage. So uh, I mean, there yeah, should be a lot fun. of, there's, there's got to be a lot of COVID jokes and a lot of divorce jokes. Uh, well, I know that... Di divorce are, are, are definitely going to happen. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm really glad that I'm not living with somebody through this. Um, Adam, our, our engineer, you know, he's got a wife and two kids. And I often ask him, you know, how different it is. You've got your cat. I've got my dog. Adam's got, you know, a family. So am I jealous or am I happy? I don't know, Adam. I, like, no, I, th I, think, I think you should be, you should be happy with where you're at because uh, I think when you <laughs> meet somebody, <laughs> when you meet somebody and you fall madly in love, I think that you sign up for three hours of them a day. <laughs> like it's the three, you know, it's the hour in the morning before you go to work and then you <laughs> home from work and you have dinner together and then you watch something and then you go to bed and that's three or four hours. I think <laughs> 24 hours of them working, running their office from your kitchen table. That's And that's in that good. three or four hours, that's when you plan your meals. That's what a relationship is. You're just constantly asking each other, so what are we doing for lunch? What, I know. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Um, you've been doing the most fantastic thing on Instagram. You guys have to follow Geroid Farrelly on Instagram because I, I think it's been about six weeks or maybe longer than that, eight weeks, you've been doing a bake-off. Yeah, and each week. 
So you pick a recipe each week and they're complicated recipes. <laughs> you've, you've, you've done like Delia Smith recipes and did you do an Nigella Lawson? We did a couple of Nigella Lawson ones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for those of you that are foodies, you'll know what names I'm throwing out. They have been amazing. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, how perhaps you can be involved in the bake-off. Oh, we have one minute. So tell me a little bit about it. We've got 60 seconds before we go to our next uh, segment. It's basically I post a recipe on a Monday. I bake it on a Wednesday and people can tune in while I bake. And then you send through photographs of what you've made and we all discuss it on the Thursday. <laughs> so you get different uh, judges every week and, and you've had some really great people judging. Um, yeah. And you just look at, you look at the photographs and then you go from just the photograph? Yeah, and you can follow the recipe and follow me making it on the Wednesday. Which, and mine is usually terrible. That's what I console people by saying, mine will be the worst. Trust me. It's fine. You don't need to be worried. <laughs> what, what do the winners normally get, Gary? They, well, they haven't got anything yet, but they've all arrived. They'll get, they'll get a wooden spoon uh, <laughs> <laughs> with bake along inscribed on it by me <laughs> with a wood burner. And I'm afraid I bought a, a wood burner from a, a dodgy Chinese site, so I'm sure I'll burn my house down when I'm trying no, to No, every kid, I love my wood burner. I had a wood burner as a kid and I just wood burned everything. I remember being in so much trouble for like wood burning the leg of the kitchen stool and wood burning something into the floorboard and wood burning the hardwood. And um, Really hilariously, your cat Boots, who I get such a kick out of, Boots needs a boots Instagram page. That's my feelings. But you had this beautiful looking, I don't know if it was a lemon cake or what the hell it was, but you, you turned your back for two minutes and boots literally, you know, you were taking your neighbor a slice of cake yeah, to drop was. off and boots removed the top layer of the cake. Yeah. She just basically pushed it over. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just classic boots. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she's my cat. I've had her for maybe three years now. And uh, she is just the best. And I used to hate cats. I really hated them. But uh, she is just my son in the stars. Well, we're going to talk more about that when we come back. We're talking to my friend, Irish comedian, Geroid Farrelly. And we're going to just talk about the pubs opening when we come back. Because I want to know all about what he thinks of that. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm talking with Irish comedian, Garrett Farley, who Joan Rivers said was the best opening act she ever had within that price range, which really makes me laugh. <laughs> that was my introduction. <laughs> so on the break, you were talking about, uh, you know, borrowing against your mortgage and buying a piano. It has yeah. been, uh, but that's so great. I mean, you, you, we, we got to do stuff to keep our minds and our, we have to keep our, our spirits bolstered. So good for yeah. you. Yeah, well, I, I played piano when I was a kid and I was terrible at it because I, I used to play, um, I used to just do the exams. So, you know, like I was always jealous of people that could go to a party and busk, whereas I would be like, you know, does anyone want to hear a, hear a gavotte? <laughs> does anyone want to hear scales? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a minor contrary motion. Yeah. So I do all my old, my old uh, sheet music and uh, I've, been, I've spent COVID learning uh, the theme tune to Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> That's oh been... <laughs> God, Angela Lansbury, she'd be on board for that. Oh yeah, I, 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 one of my friends said that what I should do is when I have it done, and done as in played the way I play it, which would be badly, 
uh, I should reshoot the whole uh, the whole opening <laughs> sequence, <laughs> which I just might do. <laughs> Angela is still with us. She's got to be ninety two yeah. or ninety three. She's amazing. She did a big interview here about maybe two years ago because she has a house in Cork, uh, and she did. It was in a theatre in Dublin, and she was incredible. And she sang a. a, a song from uh, Bed, Nuts so, and Broomsticks. So she would have been 90-ish then, would, would, yeah, would I, you I say? she was 89. I think she was 89 when she did it. And yeah. she sounded good? Yeah, she just did a verse and a chorus, just sitting down, and it was, oh God, the audience. But she clear, clear-headed? Uh, no, it was just, no, it, it was, she was very, um, like she was just nervous about it, but they just asked her oh. to do it, and she just said, okay. Oh, yeah. I don't even mean about the singing part, I mean about the interviews. Oh, clear, oh yes, yeah, completely completely clear-headed and uh, remembered everything and was able to talk about filming the Mancurian candidate back in, you know, whenever that was, you know, Mancurian 70 candidate. years ago. How old are you? 72? No, you're, you're a young man. You're 20 years younger than me, I think. Um, what, what have, what is the Irish sort of take on what's going on in the United States? Like, I don't know if you guys are like Canada and how, we talk about it and sort of look at it, shaking our heads. What, what do you guys think over there? Um, I think it's, it's kind of terrifying because I, I think if you're Irish, you always accepted that thing because we were a small country. You always accepted, well, that the United States was the, it was the leader of the free world. They were the, what everyone should aspire to. And to see the it referee. fall away yeah, I know. It's, ter- like, it's absolutely terrifying. It really is. Like, I, I find now that when I'm talking to my American friends, I'm very, I almost feel like I'm starting to patronize them a bit because I'm saying, like, how are you? <laughs> no, but really. Are the streets burning? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's really bad. And we're lucky because we, like, we've had good leadership and, you know, we, they've been critical of them, but we, we did have, you know, a gay man of Pakistani descent as our prime minister for, you know, I think it was, six years and that's that's something else it is in a, in a, in a country that is still who, very who would have thought i know who would have thought when you look at the history of ireland in the 70s and the 80s and that how tumultuous it was between the protestants and the catholics and to have a, a gay you know indian man um yeah you know yeah. running the country it that says a lot about the just how far we've come and you keep thinking gosh you know, even in the states the, the the european union saying we don't want you traveling over here so we're gonna yeah. they're opening the borders up to other countries but not to the u.s because of i it's, guess just their take on it it's really scary and i think it must be really difficult for um americans to accept accept that position because um I just hope they vote. I hope, I hope it leads into their vote now yeah. uh, at the end of the year because they just have to get rid of that guy. <laughs> he's, he's just the pits. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's certainly, we, we talk about it here quite a bit, just how COVID has sort of cracked the veneer on so many social issues. So it's, yeah. it's gone long, far past the pandemic and how it's affecting our health. You know, it's, it's cracked open all these divisive social issues and, He's just looked more Looney Tunes as yeah. time has worn on. But, you know, he's got, he's got a fan base. Uh, and I will call them a fan base because yeah. it really is – I don't even know if they understand anything about the politics. They just want to make sure that whatever he's doing is in, you know, their favor. 
and yeah, that the rest and, of the people can go to screw themselves. And, and you wonder, uh, I'd love to, I, I, I'm sure somebody's done this, but I would love if they had spoken to somebody that was voting for Trump four years ago and if they kept in touch, yeah. you know, and spoke to them in 10 years, <laughs> you know, yeah. even just in a second term, like how, how you know, what, what did you get out of this? Because he, everyone's just been sold a pup there. Because it's, That's your new idea for a show. Yeah. You, Fairly, you need to get out there, you know, hop on a plane, mask yourself up, get your hazmat suit on, and go hit the frickin' streets of Chicago and just say, did you vote for Trump last time? How's it going? What do you think? Yeah. Like, that would be such a great show um, to have this Irish comedian bloke coming over and asking them all these pressing questions. I always say, I, I was talking to a friend a couple weeks ago and I was like, I wonder if half of his followers, like that's even generous, know what the constitution is and what it actually means. If they know what the first amendment is or what the fifth amendment is, like I always think that. I know, and, and, and whatever, even leaving aside the politics, but if you just look at the man, like if you just look at the hair, <laughs> Like, I mean, there's just something to be said for that. It's like, it starts with the hair because even Boris Johnson in the UK, it's like, I think that's the key. Like if somebody can't comb their hair, they <laughs> and you can't ask them to comb their the country. <laughs> well, there's a lot of similarities between Boris and Don's hair. Yeah. Like, yeah. There seems to be some kind of theme there. Um, I think it's, it's the emperor's new clothes with, uh, with peroxide, really. It's yeah. just there's a really bad hairdresser that's really highly priced that's doing politicians. <laughs> Did you hear the uh, the the rumors in the past few weeks of uh, Kanye West oh uh, wanting to throw his hat in the ring? Caitlin, uh, one of the the woman that the wonderful girl that does these podcasts with me, um, she was saying, "Oh, he's got to have a record coming out." That must be it. It's. It's just so crazy. Well, I mean, I get where he's coming from because I think if you are looking at Donald Trump, you would think, well, if he can do it, I mean, like Boots could do it. <laughs> if he could do it, I'm sure Boots could do it. She'd, have, she'd be more discerning. <laughs> what is it like uh, just working from home on your comedy? Because obviously you were saying uh, a bunch of your colleagues are talking about, my God, when we finally do step back on that stage, it's going to be so rusty. And of course, I would imagine a lot of the context of your shows, it'll be the elephant in the room, Geroid, if you don't step out on that stage and talk about what the hell has happened to us this past yeah. year. So what do you think, do you lie in bed and think about what your show is going to look like? What the yeah, vibe I mean, the, is going to be? It, it's strange because I know that I'll be playing bigger venues with smaller numbers. So they're, at the moment for socially distanced shows, they're talking about 100 people in a 400 seater venue. Okay. That's going to be weird. But also, so I think it's going to be to the forefront of people's minds. And it's kind of making the call. Are, do people want to hear it or do they just want to escape it? Which is, that's a, it's a really weird line to walk. Um, I think, like my show, bizarrely, the one year I write a show like that, it, it, it de details, it's about science. There's some stuff about science in it. Uh, your your one-man show that you did dealt with, with the, science. Yeah, the, well, the new one, uh, Alchemy. My oh, new the new one. Show. Oh, yeah. great. So there's a part of me, like I've done it a few times before this, this happened, but there's a part of me that thinks, God almighty, like a global pandemic happens when you're about to do a show about science. So it just, like I definitely need to address it and put stuff in. But um, yeah, it's going to be so strange. But maybe it's addressing it and then going into alchemy because the show was so new. You didn't really have 
a chance to lift it off the ground. I think, I think if we address it much like this podcast that I'm doing, you know, now we, we've spent the last three months cause we sort of started going right when this happened. So we're like, oh, yeah. how can we not talk about it? There's been a few shows where, you know, we've had some laughs and veered away, but we feel like people have wanted to kind of keep, not have it newsy like statistics or anything like that, yeah. but more from a human approach. And I think you're yeah. so great at, at doing human humor, like just really day-to-day -day human humor. Well, that, that's my favorite thing. My favorite thing is people and like the little things that make people tick. And even listen to this podcast on the beach. I've loved the way uh, yourself and Caitlin talk about the, the little things that are going on in your lives. Like a few weeks ago, I think Caitlin was talking about the fact that she'd bought loads of corn. <laughs> <laughs> she has like a first full like one. And that's what's happening because like I think that you don't realize you're doing these things like every every time you go to the shops you're buying the Christmas grocery list. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great um I think it's a great touchstone for people to have that to know there's other people even so far away in, like oh. over in Canada and doing well. Oh, I mean, I've enjoyed, like, I go on to your live stuff a lot on Instagram, and not just for the cake uh, judging portions of the show, but sometimes you're just on there, and I get, I have a laugh, you know, you're, you and Boots are just talking about things, and I've been so curious to have a glimpse, it's almost, it's very voyeuristic, isn't it, to glimpse oh, yeah. into people's apartments and I'm their lives when they're on live. But you, you, you've been so positive through all this. Like even in the, for me, just seeing you in Ireland and, and the, your pictures of downtown shooting over your balcony and watching your plants grow. I felt very voyeuristic, but very comforted. Yeah, it's that thing that you get to see into people's homes. I did a TV interview here about a week ago and I realized uh, that behind me I had a postcard with a picture of boots that my mom had given me uh, that said, it was basically we'd gone on holidays. She was minding boots and it said fuck you and your holiday across the front <laughs> and I realized that I, it was on tv behind me <laughs> well there's been people with no pants people going to the bathroom on their zoom calls there's been all kinds of things listen continued wellness to you Geroid and don't uh don't ever think that you're not doing so many positive things because you are it's been it's been wonderful I might join in one of your cake bake-offs oh I would absolutely love that uh, and um, also it has to be said to thank you because I, I first found your music uh, a long time ago, around the time Happy came out. Yeah. Uh, and you have spoken to people who are misfits and other all across the world and given them so much in the past 20 years, uh, right back from the time when you were writing blogs on your website. So oh thank my. you for that on behalf of everybody, every one of us who has well. enjoyed that. Thank you so much. And let's, let's chat soon. Um, that's all the time we have. I, I don't know where it went, but uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Geroid's uh, podcast is called Fascinated. That's right. And you can listen to it wherever your favorite podcasts are played. Um, we'll see you next time, you guys. Till we do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.